Hello, Mixnet Cases. This is Nuke Chess, and we've got a bitey episode for you. A nutty bitey episode. I don't know. The pun isn't working. We're going to be talking about vampires tonight. And with me, as always... Good evening. <laughs> I'm Tech! And our good friends that are often joining us, but you might not have heard their voices in a little while. Hi! Jen! Jen goes first. Always. Ladies first. I was going to make a joke of saying... Hi, you don't know if I'm Louie or Lestat, but it's fine. Oh, I'm Jason. I'm that guy. I'm the <laughs> And you're neither of those. You're Jason. And we're talking about, you know, I have wanted to talk about vampires on this podcast since the inception. And I kept holding off until I could get certain experts. And well, I realized that's never going to happen. So let's just talk about vampires. Us geeks, because that's what this whole podcast yeah, is about. Yeah, let's forget those experts. What do they know? <laughs> let's talk with no expertise except for what we've watched, read, and and consumed. Because we're nerds. Because we're nerds, and that's that's the only authority we need. Uh, so vampires, uh, Tech, you had like a, a a quick summary you wanted to share. Well, I just I was doing some research and I came across the the Wikipedia for the word vampire, and there's two paragraphs in it that sum up the history of what we know of as vampires, and it sums it up so well that I'm not even gonna I'm just gonna read it. Okay, so rip it, it off user generated Wikipedia. Yep, and but it's it's really good. So, um. In modern times, the vampire is generally held to be a fictitious entity, although belief in similar vampiric creatures such as the chupacabra still persists in some cultures. Early folk belief in vampires has sometimes been ascribed to the ignorance of the body's process of decomposition after death and how people in pre-industrial societies tried to rationalize this, rationalize this creating the figure of the vampire to explain the mysteries of death. Porphyria was linked, which is a, a disease of the liver that you change colors and go like all purple and stuff, was linked with legends of vampirism in 1985 and received much media exposure, but has since been largely discredited. The, char the charismatic and sophisticated vampire of modern fiction was born in 1918 with the publication of The Vampire by English writer John Polidori. The story was highly successful and arguably the most influential vampire work of the early 19th century. Bram Stoker's 1897 novel Dracula is remembered as the quintessential vampire novel and provided the basis of the modern vampire legend. Even though it was published after fellow Irish author uh, Joseph Sheridan Le Fanu's 1872 novel Carmilla, the success of this book spawned a distinctive vampire genre still popular in the 21st century with books, film, television shows, and video games. The vampire has since become a dominant figure in the horror genre. Sums it up. Okay, yeah. So where does it come from? John Pilidori, Bram Stoker, Joseph Sheridan Le Fenu wrote about dead people because they didn't know what dead people in, court, in coffins were supposed to look like when they rotted. My question with this summary is, um, where does Edward fit in? <laughs> exactly, you, right? <laughs> well, um, excuse me. Well, actually, they mentioned Dracula, but what about Alucard? Because he's 200 years older. Excuse so, me. So, That's legit. If it was, listen, I wouldn't be Jason if I didn't bring up anime. And I've got to bring up the Dunpeel Hunter D himself. Who is the child of Carmilla and D Dracula? So you know, I mean, I feel like they're paying homage to the origins there. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, so Nutty, I don't know. How do you want to structure this? All right. So I just lead wanna, us off here. I want to add so, a, a little tidbit that I absolutely love that goes with your summary. Sure. That short story, Vampire, was shared the same week. And that same writing contest and joke as Mary Shelley shared Frankenstein. In 1819? Yeah. Real? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that, that's really cool. Yeah, no, like this is science fiction as we know it and horror and fantasy as we know it all came from a bunch of geeks, which is why it's good that we say, oh, we have no expertise except for being a bunch of geeks, is a bunch of geeks sitting around and saying, let's write something really creepy about death. Let's see who can do a better job. Uh, we're forgetting all the laudanum and opium and, and, and things that they were having while they were having their dirty party. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but hey, you know what? 
altered states of mind can sometimes bring out some amazing fun. Yeah. Sitting, hey. in, sitting in an opium den, everything coated in asbestos, the walls lined with lead-based paint. <laughs> and, you're so- drinking, and you're drinking corn alcohol you made in your bathtub. Corn alcohol and absinthe. So, um, by the way, there is a great Doctor Who episode where um, the Doctor and companions go to that party. Uh, just saying. Anyway, oh, cool. <laughs> it's it's quite fun. Um, the history, when vampires were coming around, it, a lot of it, though, comes from folklore and it comes from rumors. And, uh, you know, we know I'm sure we all have all heard stories of how. They thought that vampires were a thing because sometimes they buried people while they were still alive, not realizing they weren't quite dead yet. They were just in a coma or I'm knocked not out. Dead yet. <laughs> you know, the whole story about how you'd leave a um a grave tender just to make sure or they buried people with bells. Mm-hmm. You ever hear about that? Yeah. Oh, the, they put the air pipe and the air pipe had a string attached to a bell in it. So if you woke up in a casket, you could ring the bell and hope to God someone was not drunk and passed out while you were trying to get dug out of your grave because you just so happened to sleep a little too hard. Exactly. Exactly. Nutty would have been buried alive so many times (laughs) by now. Okay, well, apparently I found out that I slept through an earthquake today. Apparently we had an earthquake this morning. I can't say Jack. Because when I was stationed in Alaska, Jen will attest to this, I literally played Call of Duty through an, through an earthquake. Didn't even notice. My TV wobbled a little bit, and I was like, what's wrong with the table? And just kept playing. I had to keep that kill streak going. Um, but and, and this goes on top of me sleeping through a hurricane while on a sailboat. Uh, but anyway, not to that. That's a weird flex. Um, <laughs> so we know that there's always been these little stories and there's always been this idea. And vampires were a very scary, scary thing. And they were monsters and evil and something to to scare your children with. And then they became sexy. And as Jen pointed out, sparkly. Um, so that brings me to a topic that Jason and I were talking a little bit about a while ago, and that is what made vampires sexy. And I have my thoughts and everybody has their own thoughts. So for you, what changed vampires from straight out monsters to sexy? So I'll, I'll start this because I remember this conversation and I will, I will preface this with saying that this is not my opinion. This was the opinion of my film teacher in school who said that basically because the transition from um, the Nosferatu style vampire to the Bela Lugosi led vampires, which then led into the Anne Rice vampires. But Anne Rice's vampires were the first that we saw them overtly sexual, overtly like seductive and enticing that they were the vampires that kicked off that whole um vampires are sexy thing and jason's struggling because he's thinking the same word that i'm thinking that i can't say on this podcast when did vampires become duck ubble (laughs) (laughs) when they became tom cruise and brad pitt apparently that's what uh jason's professor said yeah i mean he i mean listen if he had us if he had a start of the conversation with antonio banderas is so duckable i can't control myself then he would have been correct. Like, I no mean, one can argue with that. Who doesn't want Armand? I'm just saying. It's true. I mean, he, and he has the accent. <laughs> Jen just putting up her hand. I, w- I don't want Antonio Banderas Armand. I want the Armand from the Vampire Armand book. But then when you read that and you have to remember, wait, did you see he was 13 when he was turned? Oh, no, I don't actually want Armand. Ew, ew, ew. Yeah. Anne Rice has a lot of problems in her books about when she should have made these sexy sex idols. PBH. Vam- vampires. But it's fine. But, like, for me, like, Bram's, I think the difference is Brahms, you know, Bella Lugosi was sexy before he was Dracula. Like, ladies came to the theater for Bella Lugosi because he was Bella Lugosi, right? Whereas... Crazy hot Romanian dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Whereas vampire ruggedly handsome leading man type, all of a sudden now he's got fangs and he's got that accent and he wants to suck your blood. Yeah, he wants to bite your neck. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what kind of made them sexy is because he was sexy. Whereas when Brad Pitt and Antonio Banderas and Tom Cruise became vampires under the Anne Rice's interview of the vampire, vampires were already thought of as kind of taboo, right? Like they were the 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 dangerous boyfriend, right? And I can definitely see where a certain Stephanie Miles kind of would have gone with the idea that vampires would make that boy that you, your mother wouldn't want you to date or that you wouldn't want to bring home to father. Mind you, I don't think they would have uh, necessarily been like, hi, I'm 200 years old, pretending to be a 16-year-old, be in love with Okay, okay. So let me rephrase this question a little. What was the first sexy vampire for you? Can we, can I just say, can I, can we, can we just, can we all just agree to vamps and move on? That was the first? I mean... Does it matter? It's Kristen Ritter of a vampire who's trying to bite you. Like, does it Such matter? Such a fantastically it, dumb movie. It's a great, it's a great matter. movie. Jen, what, what's your thoughts? A stat from Quinn of the Damned. <laughs> you are the only person that loves that movie. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And she's not. She's really not. I mean. The, you know, it has become a cult I, classic. It, it has. I, I like Aaliyah's abs. I like Aaliyah. How about yeah. that? Um. So what is it? What is it about the? So that's that's Lestat from that, but that's not the same Lestat from the Anne Rice books, is it? Yes. No, it yes. is. Okay. She's so, written how many books about Lestat? Oh, is Queen of the Damned one of her that's books? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. So fun fact, which is makes me love Aaliyah more. Aaliyah fought for that role because she loved Anne Rice's Lestat books. Oh. She loved Interview with the Vampire. She loved Vampire Lestat. She loved Queen of the Damned. She wanted to be that character. She fought for that role. And yeah, Tech, uh, Lestat has several books. Yeah. Queen of the Damned being one of them. The Vampire Lestat, another. Queen, Interview with the Vampires, the, the Inception. Lestat from Queen of the Damned was not nearly as emo as he was in Interview with the Vampire. And I think yes. that made a huge difference for like when I actually was like, oh, yes, this, this I like. Right, because well, I, yes. didn't, I didn't like him in Interview with a Vampire, because I read yeah. that in high school, and I really hated that character. Yeah. That was the point, I think, because he was so childish in his desire. Like, he moved on from everyone like they were toys to be discarded. But it... And- you know, like, and- I had I had friends of mine like I like when I said that I hated Lestat. All of a sudden, I st- people started calling me a bigot and saying that I was a homophobe and that well, you don't understand because he's bisexual because he's a vampire and you don't like him. That makes you a homophobe. I'm like, no, I just don't like him because he's a wimp. Well, and he, like- he spent like eight pages whining. I just don't care. I can see you. I can see them saying that if you're like, screw Louis. Or screw Armand, they're terrible. Like, I can see that. But Lestat was a manipulator and abuser. It sounds like they have something to speak on. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, in, in interview, Lestat He's a villain. Is, it, it does the equivalent of vampire rape because he's like, I'm giving you a choice. No, you're not. You're pretending to give a choice. That's called gaslighting. That's called <laughs> gaslighting and date rape, man. Okay? I'm under duress. But is yeah. But I just I I had I don't like Anne Rice. I don't like her politics. I don't like her books. I've read a couple of them, or I think I read one and a half of them, and then Rage quit. Enough for me to get a taste. But I just it's not my thing, and it's not. Okay, guess what? I'm a straight white guy. Okay, her characters are bisexual. That has nothing to do with it. What has anything to do with it is that they're annoying, and I don't <laughs> like them, <laughs> and they're not fun. And that's I mean- fine. And Anne Rice wrote so many different things, though. Like, she had her Christianity, Christian book stage. She had her erotica stage. I was, yeah, yeah. I was like, she, sticks with, she sticks with vampires pretty good. But right now, well, not right at the moment, but I have to read she's dead one now. of her books. Well, one of her books called Wolf Game is a werewolf novel that I've been reading. Mm. I mean, it's not bad. So she wrote another one after Wolf's Gift? Yeah. Oh, so, man. So... I just want to like touch on this. Uh, so, so first off, uh, Lestat in interview is supposed to be the villain. 
I hope. Absolutely. I hope that's the goal. Lestat, in his own books, you get more of a well-rounded idea. And when you're reading the vampire Lestat, you get more well-rounded. I think the other thing that the Queen of the Dam succeeded is they didn't cast Tom Cruise as Lestat. That is like the worst casting for Lestat really? ever. Like, I, I liked him as Lestat. Oh. I thought Tom Cruise's pompous, arrogant Scientologist behind because it's not my podcast i can't curse uh, you know what would be a really good list at uh nicholas holt yes. you know what because oh he's God. not here right now because because he is because he is not here right now i have to support him uh nicholas cage would have been a great list at oh god would, no no that's would, another would movie. you would, would you and vox please stop <laughs> With the Nick Cage thing, it's just weird. <laughs> it's, just weird. <laughs> it's as weird as Nicolas Cage, okay? Yeah. I want to suck your blood. So, so <laughs> Jen, by the way, Jen had a, a confused face. Nicholas Holt is um the guy that played Beast in the prequel uh, X-Men movies. Oh, he was the war boy in... Um, that's a good pull. Yes, uh, uh, Fury Road. Okay. So he's the war boy in Fury Road. He's been in like so many things that you didn't even realize. Guy with the silver teeth yelling, witness me. And he's also plays Tsar Nicholas in, uh, the, the great. great. And, and he was the zombie in love in warm bodies. Shiny and chrome. Let's yeah. go. Shiny and chrome. Okay. So Wait, can I answer the question? Well, can I answer the question? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you had. No. My bad. Go ahead. I talked about why I hated Anne Rice. I didn't oh, get well. to, I didn't get to when <laughs> I discovered vampires were sexy. See, cause I am a nerd. Yes. And I play role playing games. So there is a company Uh-oh. called White Wolf. You want the Bruja, don't you? You want to be bossed. So this company called White Wolf makes role-playing games. One of the games they make is called Vampire the Masquerade, which the premise is that inside society right now in today's world, there are thousands of vampires running around in a secret organization and they control the world, but they have to keep it hidden from all of us. And it's called the Masquerade. All kinds of crazy politics and kinds of wheelings and dealings going on, all based around the idea that there are 13 different families of vampires that control the world. Basically, what they did was they wrote a giant open book for us to tell stories in, because these 13 different families of vampires are basically all of the vampire myths from around the world. So you can write your story. Do you want to be a street punk? Do you want to be a sewer dweller? Do you want to be an animalistic thing that lives in the woods and eat rabbits? I mean, you could tailor your vampire story to whatever story you wanted to tell. It led to a TV show called Kindred the Embraced that, if I remember correctly, wasn't that good, but was kind of good. Deep cut, by the way. Deep and cut. made probably one of the best role-playing games ever for computer called Vampire Bloodlines, which Bloodlines 2 is um, on Steam early access but hasn't been released yet. It's not in alpha yet, but I've got it on my wish list. I'm waiting for Bloodlines 2 because it's going to be amazing. But the idea that I could tell my own stories... And that we could all tell our own stories and they could be anything we want is when vampires became sexy because people could write super sexy, very scary stories and they could do all kinds of things with it. And I am a huge fan of the white wolf and the vampire world. And I understand very little of it. I have played very little as, as much as I talk about it. And I, I don't understand a lot of it, but the parts that I have played and experienced, I've loved all of it. So, so that made vampire sexy to you? Yeah, you got because to create your because own we world. got to create yeah. our own stories and we yeah. got to tell our own stories and we got to do whatever we wanted in the world. And there are there's a a Malkavian characters in Kindred, sorry, in Vampire Bloodlines. Mm-hmm. We, you know, when all of a sudden goth chicks could grow fangs, <laughs> and it's like. I get to act nuts and I get to be crazy because I'm a Malkavian or I can wear a leather jacket and headbutt people and grow fangs because I'm cool and boss and awesome, but I'm a bruja. It's like, yes, I'm okay with all of this. So I mean, fangs make everything sexier, right? You got me. You <laughs> were the person who bought so, me my very first set of fangs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I now, just because I was born. I will them. say this, Ted. 
I don't know if you know this, but you do realize the entire Underworld franchise is based around White Wolf. Oh, yeah. We know. And there's there were lawsuits. Oh, yeah. Well, Underworld, isn't that just isn't that vampires in tight leather pants? Yes. No, yeah. no, no. It's Kate Beckinsale in tight Kate leather pants. Kate Beckinsale in leather pants. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Let's, let's, let, let teenage Jason let you know. It's it's. It's Kate Beckinsale, I promise. I, I've I've rewound the DVD. Uh, many but a according time. to what we do in the shadows, uh, she's she's just a vampire. So, um, I would will say that vampires became sexy for me in the same way that vampires became sexy for the world, and that was with Bella Lugosi. And on my wall, I have had a poster of Bella Lugosi doing the. And I'm, and I'm holding is, up my hands. It's, and it's back there somewhere. It fell off the wall. Yeah. But- I even, I, I, I own this folks. I asked Nutty about, I asked Nutty, but this was like one of the first times he ever did like a live recording with everybody. I was like, Nutty is, what is that behind you? Like, but that was, and that was, you know, before the move and everything. And Nutty was like, Oh no, that's just, just my vampire boyfriend behind me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the funniest thing is one of the first times that Tech came down to visit me in New York, uh, where I was living had a slanted ceiling. So I hung it on the ceiling above my bed because when you walked in the room, it was the best place. I really didn't have much wall space and it was the best place that you could see it from everywhere in the room. So he comes down, he's exhausted. We, we go, we take a nap and then he wakes up and he's like, Okay, that's scary. (laughs) You know, my eyes are like blinking open as I look up at the ceiling and Bella Lugosi's hanging over me on the slanted ceiling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it works. And so for me, it really, it was Bella. I married that woman. It was Bella Lugosi (laughs) that, that made it sexy. And it's not. You know, he's not like ripped or anything. He's not overly attractive or anything. It is what carries him. You know, it's, it's, it's the voice, you know, that Bulgarian, Romanian, sorry, not Bulgarian, Romanian voice and the the, good evening, you know, and that timber. And it's the way it's, it's just that uh, there's something that I, that there is a thing that you cannot quantify that is sex appeal. And Steven Tyler is not an attractive man, but he is sexy, you know, that kind of a thing. And that's what Bella Lugosi is. And so for me, all vampires have to live up to that. So I'm sorry, so, Edward. I'm sorry. So, you don't so, live up to it. Sorry. So what sorry. you're saying is, so what you're saying is it's Oscar Isaac, Idris Elba, John Boyega, or bust, right? Like you just. Well, I mean, like I will say, if your vampire happens to resemble Billy Idol, that also kind of does it. No, oh, he's a vampire. That's just because I like Billy Idol. No, he's just a vampire. Like, he's, and he's honestly, I mean, Kiefer Sutherland in Lost Boys, he also kind of had it. That's why I do oh, like I've my vampires that a movie. Punk. We've really? got to watch that movie. Wait, whoa! We got to watch that movie. Time out. I have been doing a horror fest for years at this point, and you've never seen You're One of Us Now, Michael. Because he grew up in a no. French household, and he thought it was about Peter Pan. Yeah, the lo- it's a movie called The Lost Boys. I, Kiefer Th- I, thought it was a- I thought it was a Peter Pan thing, and I hated the Robin Williams Peter Pan movie to such a degree. It's like, why am I going to watch more Peter Pan bullcrap? I'm not watching this. <laughs> What? The analogy between the two, though, I can totally see. I'm yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's legit. But, but honestly, after we're done on this recording, I swear to God, we forget it. Let's watch Lost Boys. Like Jason, nutty edit. <laughs> I have so many edits in this. My goodness. <laughs> Listen, that is the uh-huh. first legitimate f bomb I've done on your podcast in months. Months and months. You haven't been on my podcast in months, Mr. <laughs> I went back to school. I had to I had to ring it in. I couldn't just show up unannounced. <laughs> this is on the level of the fact that Jen has never Why? seen Blossom. Why do we have to bring up Jen? What's not awesome. seeing something? Oh, you mean the TV well, show? We've talked about this yeah. three times. Oh, I did not fine. watch TV growing up. That's fine. No, no, no like, it just it just it also, don't forget, Clarissa explains it all. She never seen that either. 
Okay, dude, that's on cable, okay? You can't just assume everybody watches everything that's on cable when so no, many no, no, people no. didn't have Blossom, cable. Blossom might have been cable for you, but Blossom was network. No, for no, me. Clarissa, it was Nickelodeon. And I grew up in a logging camp. I have like three channels. Yeah. Censorship is good. Back to me talking about sexy vampires for a moment. Um, Jessica Jones! She is quite sexy. Did you find out after Bella became a vampire, does she sparkle too? (laughs) Yes, she does. She sparkles too, but she doesn't notice it as much as like when you're a vampire, you can just look at a person and know, so you don't have to wait for the sun. Mm, That's kind of sad. Now, granted, Bella... Bella, you know the reason her name is Bella is because of Bella Lugosi. So I will, I will say this is a legit question for the panel. What modern adaptations of vampires you were like, you can just have? Because they've done so many adaptations and Wait, changes. What do you mean they can just have me like, yes, I'll, I'll succumb to your will kind of a thing? No, no, no. Like, please get that out of here. I don't want that. Oh. Twilight. Like, <laughs> because like yeah. like because I, I mentioned at the top of the show um vampire hunter d that is a, a adaptation of the lore where d the vampire hunter is a is the child of a copulation between carmilla the vampire and dracula and so he's kind of you know in between those worlds right like um we also have seen different adaptations like vamps where they live alongside human beings and they try to exist, you know what I'm saying? And but then we also have Twilight, where they literally throw out all the lore, all the things we expect, where they can go in the sunlight, they have all this stuff, they don't need blood, they can live off animals. Like there's so many different changes. Where do you personally draw the line? I and you're like I I immediately put my fingers in my ears and ignored all of Twilight because I'm a white wolf kid. Like I grew up in Vampire the Masquerade. My world is much darker, much grittier, much scarier with much more consequence. You know, we're talking about thousand year old vampires that can kill you with a thought and the idea that they sparkle in the sunshine and are chasing 16 year old teenagers with a love that will speak throughout the age. No, they don't care. They're undead. They've been alive for hundreds of years. They do not care about you. And this whole, uh, I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, and now it's, are you on team this or team that? Oh, who's going to win? Shark Boy or Spider-Man? Oh my, <laughs> oh my God, do I not care. And you know what the kicker is? She ended up being gay anyways. Yep. Which is Wait, great. wait, 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 wait. Time out. What? Not the character, but the actress. The actress. Okay. I was like, I was like okay. So a peek into Jason's life. I not only have read all four Twilight books. Oh, mind you, they've expanded. Don't brag about that, man. Yeah, they've expanded in the recent years, and I've refused. Um, but I own all four Twilight original books in hardback, and this should have told me I was making a mistake. When you get four hardback books for under thirty dollars. <laughs> I, what um I'm going to I'm going to come out here and I'm going to buck the trend here and I'm going to say I don't think there's any vampire fiction that I'm going to turn around and say no because there it it fits something for everyone. There are thousands of people that were inspired to start writing. There are thousands of people that started reading other vampire fiction. There are thousands of people that got into the genre because of Twilight. Well, yo, isn't Fifty Shades of Grey just yes, Twilight it's, it's, fanfic? Yes, and that's not a success story. But there are also <laughs> others She made millions that have gone in and yeah. been able to create some really great original works because they were inspired because it hit something when they were a, t- a teenager. It was the thing that got them going. You know what? Harry Potter is not good l- literature. I'm going to go out and say it. It's not the best work ever written. But how many people started reading because of it? Mm-hmm. How many people got interested in books? And the Twilight series is the same thing. When they finished really? Harry Potter and said, well, there's nothing for someone my age to read. Twilight fit that niche. It started this this upper middle grade uh, reading phenomenon, and I'm 
I'm here for it. I'm all right with it. And guess what? I read all of the books. I watched all of the nice. movies. I will criticize it till the cows come home. It'll definitely be on the bottom of my list, but I am going to defend that because it came from books because it got people reading. And when I was in schools, visiting schools, those were the books that were checked out the most. And then once kids started reading the Twilight books, they started reading other books. And And I agree. I agree with the whole Harry Potter into the Twilight thing because growing up, I had Harry Potter, but it came out like once a year. I didn't have all four books or all seven books at the time to binge. The books grew up with me. So nowadays these kids are reading all of them. Yes, nothing gets. <laughs> nowadays those books are growing up with these kids and then they're going into like Twilight, which is a UA novel or YA yeah. novel. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And when I was when I was their age, do you know what I was reading? I was reading Interview with a Vampire. I was mm-hmm. reading the Vampire Lestat. I was reading the Vampire Armand. And I was reading all that stuff. And do you, mm-hmm. you know, that might not have been the most appropriate thing for me at the time. I'm really? Uh, I, but again, it inspired me to read. So- it inspired me to, uh, expand my horizons. And I'm going to say with the whole Anne Rice vampires, there is something about it. Is there homoeroticism written into every book? Maybe. Is that that's fine though. That's fine by me, and that's fine by a lot of people. But for a lo- lot of young people, I'll tell you, there's not enough life. smut for us. There's yeah. not enough smut for the young people. There's like Clan of the Cave Bear. There's <laughs> Interview with a Vampire. There's Snuggly, which is Twilight. Nutty, nutty, but quick, you need a little man. bit more of that romance that isn't like. Well, I'm under 18, so I can't have sexy thoughts. Like, give us more smart. Give, give kids Nutty. something to read. Nutty, quit your own podcast. Darn it. Nutty. <laughs> Came of the... Forget. By the way, I've never read it. I just know about it by, based on reputation. All of this is getting edited out, especially that part where Nutty said that she was going to give smut to under 18-year-olds. That is your sentence exactly was give smut to under 18 year olds and like things that they can read because you know what is totally different. Yeah, I'm not saying give them porn. I'm saying let them read things that have the emotions so that they can explore it in books. So they're not looking for it in things that are meant for adults. That's what I mean. As a person, as a person who grew up with a mother who was like, you're a young boy. Read this. I cannot condone cuddle smut. Like I just give them the real thing. It's fine. But I mean, like there's, there's so many things that you're ready for something a little more advanced. And there's a big gap between the babysitter's yeah. club and like 50 shades of gray. Okay. There's, like let's find something yeah. in that area there. There's gradients. And, yeah. and, and by the I way, it's out tech, there. It's come think, out there because of twilight. I think tech, I think tech will agree with me here. It's like when you introduce someone to the anime, you don't give them Neon Genesis, Evangelion, or Grave of the Fireflies. You give them neighbor, my neighbor Totoro, and you give them Forget You, uh, Spirits in a Way. Like, Jason! Like, Jason! Jason! <laughs> cuddle smut and condoned 18 and under porn. I, I said not porn, it. and you have said the F word three times. No, you, you're right. You're right, though, Jason. It's, it's, there's a gradient, and you have to, you have to find a way to introduce your audience into a genre slowly, and th- there has to be steps. Cause if, if you're diving them straight into the deep end. Yeah. If I said, um, you know, a, a good example. A show that we that we all love. I hope you guys have seen it because I know we have and we loved it. But if I said, you know, hey, you're just getting into the vampire thing. You want to learn about vampires here. Watch what we do in the shadows. And you have no introduction into any of the tropes, any of the genre, any of the jokes, any of the anything. And I just immediately throw that at you. That's the deep end of the pool. You're not going to get it. You're going to hate it. It's stupid. Why is he putting newspaper down on the couch before he eats the chicks? Like, well... 
He doesn't want to get the couch dirty. I mean, the blood's going to go everywhere. It'd, it'd be like uh, somebody who had never seen a horror movie watching Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, exactly. Or I've never read a fantasy I mean, book, and I'm going to read um, what's it? Avenging Broncos, something Broncos, or Dang, now Gentleman Broncos. Gentleman Broncos. That's so. it. Yeah. Or I mean, or as people who have never heard of black exploitation films, and they watch Black Dynamite. Right. Like. Right. Exactly. You, um, like the references, you just don't get them. I mean. For, the amount for of people us, who watched it, Foxy Brown and didn't get it, the references. <laughs> I laugh. At um, but you know, tech for us, tech, it's like people who have, who love Gundam, but have never watched Robotech. Right. Like they just don't know where it came from. Like they don't know their origins. They don't know their roots. And, and I'm not being gatekeeping. Like, oh, you have to understand the vampire before you can watch the cool vampire stuff. It's, it's more along the lines of like, Here's your introduction. Here's a couple of things. Okay, now let's make some jokes. Yeah, like you don't like if if a medium is based around jokes and in references, if you've never been a part of that community, you don't get those things. I mean, kids nowadays talk and communicate via meme. So if you're not a part of that crowd, you don't you may not get that meme. Well, you may not understand. It's like jumping into a trilogy halfway through. It's like, I'm going to start the, I'm going to start watching the movie at part two. It's not gatekeeping for me to tell you that, you know what? You might want to start the story at the beginning because I think you'll enjoy it more. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. Um, so are there any vampires that the rest of you are noped at? You're like, nope. Cause I was really trying to think of it and I was like, fright night. No, that's not it. That I'm actually okay with the, um, the, the strand. For me, it's, the, it's, okay. it's, it's not Strand, or uh, I think it's called The Strain. The Strain. The strain. Yeah, it, yeah, it was based on a comic directed by Guillermo del Toro, and I love Guillermo del Toro, but The Strain is just not good. And that's the one that uh, Roma May was in. That's the it's only just reason not, I know about it. It's just not good. And there's there's also the opposite of that. 30 Days of Night. Um Originally, when I saw 30 Days of Night, I was like, get this out of here. No one cares. But 30 Days of Night is a vampire horror movie based around a book set in a town of Alaska called Barrow, where they only, where during the winter, they only get 23 hours of uh, night and one hour of daylight. And that's why the vampires go there. And I mean, it sounds like a really cool concept, but it stars Josh Hartnett. And when you first watch it, that's literally why you're like, why am I watching this? He's terrible. And then if you read the comic and then go back and watch it, you're like, oh, my God, this is a great adaptation of the comic. Two arguments are not that the vampires are bad. It's that the execution is bad. Well, for, for, for 30 Days a Night, I didn't realize that the executions were actually good. So I watched 30 Days a Night, said it sucked found the comic free on comiXology read it and said holy crap this is actually a really good adaptation wow and went back and watched it and it's like the constantine with john with with john wick aka keanu reeves i can't slam it because it's actually not that bad of a movie okay so um my next question is what is a different take on vampires one that kind of bucks the trend of the other vampires that you really enjoyed. Bucks the trend. I, yeah. I, I have to say it's it's a recent one, mm-hmm. and I haven't fully watched all the episodes yet, but it made me laugh when you showed it to me, that in what we do in the shadows, there's the the creativity vampire. Or the emotional the, vampire. The emotional vampire that just eats your emotions. So he, he's, he's purposely, he's just this like boring accountant looking dude who goes around looking for people having like emotional fits and then just bores well, them. To actually, death. it's that when we say special effects, we mean practical effects. But in reality, <laughs> when we're using computers, that's when we say visual effects. And even if it's interesting stuff, it's just draining your energy. <laughs> like we've all worked with someone like that, right? We've the, all- the well, actually, guy in yeah. your office. Of the, well, actually, you know, do you know that uh, George Lucas came up with that in 1977? That that guy right there is a vampire. <laughs> so, uh, 
And there's a couple of instances. There's another one, and and this one is the um, snowy egret migratory habits. Uh oh. So it's another type of emotional vampire, but it's one that uh, pulls from sadness. So she's the one. My cat died, and it was because of this and this. And every day she has a sad story that she comes into work with, and you're like, "Yes, I know that person. I know that person." <laughs> or when he gets into a troll war online, and then he goes and meets the guy, and it turns out it's a an actual troll. <laughs> <laughs> so that reminds me. So I just watched a YouTube video, kind of going over a movie called Daybreakers that I actually own on Blu-ray starring Ethan Hawke, mm-hmm. where vampires have taken over the world, but they have now run into the problem of being able to feed themselves. Humanity is ex- running extinct, and they have to find a cure, whether it be synthetic blood or, or limiting vampire reproduction, whatever it is. And I've seen that as a trend in like zombie movies, vampire movies, where they turn the monster into a viral problem or like some sort of medical condition Mm -hmm. where they can solve it through man's science. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Mary Shelley didn't want this. We created a monster with our science. So when these things run amok and we can't solve them, it's Bram Stoker. And he's like, hey, bro, you're going to get wrecked. Deal with it. (laughs) Like, I I hate when they dumb them down and make them into basically someone's science project. Mm. So you Uh, can get, so you can take that and go away with it. I would much rather watch a vampire movie where you can't defeat them and you either have to live in resistance or find a way to defeat them outright. Okay. Um, I will say the one that I enjoyed and it's, it's just, it's just different enough. And that was, um, let the right one in. And I watched both the uh, original version and the Chloe Grace Moretz version. And when you take the vampire and it's no longer the sexy, seductive vampire, but a creepy little girl. Oh, boy. And that vampire, I have to bring up Kirsten Dunst in Interview on a Vampire. Also creepy. Very creepy. Very scary. Done very, very well. She chewed the curtains off every scene she was in in that movie. She did such a good job. She won the act. She won the Oscar, or should have won the Oscar, when she tells Louis, "You were going to leave me. I couldn't be by myself. So you give her to me, Louis. Before you leave me, you give her to me." And I'm like, I feel so sorry for this young girl right now. What is going on? She's such a, a monster. Great, such a great performance of that. It's it's not sexy, but it's weird and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And you feel, and it, the, what makes it so bad is you feel empathy for her yeah. because throughout the whole thing, she is the victim. And and in in that vein, the 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 let the right one in movies, um, it's all that you want to protect her, you want to help her. And uh, tech, I know you haven't seen these movies, but imagine a whole movie of that. And I'm gonna spoil. Because Tech made me chicken wings tonight. So if you don't want to hear the, yeah. the spoiler, skip ahead like five minutes. Uh, what ends up happening is it's this little boy who makes friends with the girl in his apartment building. And he thinks that he needs to protect her from the abusive guy that lives with her. And he's got to save her. And in the end, he realizes that guy was a little boy when he first met her. And that's what he's going to do the rest of his life. That's what she does. She finds a little boy and she moves on and that becomes her protector until she finds another little boy to protect her. Yeah. And there's, and like, there's so much other stuff about like trans identity in that movie, in the original, not the American. Yeah. yeah, The original, like let the right one in is so good. Oh my God definitely a mold breaker anyone else have any uh like different variants so then i just want to say like your top like if you could hang with a group of vampires which is the group you want to hang with who are going to be your vampire buddies as much as i would love to hang out with the vampires from lost boys i think they were too much of adrenaline seekers for me Mm-hmm. But, Ooh, good cool good cool but alucard from helsing I could chill with him. Wait, now wait a minute. Okay. In what in the White Wolf world, 
There is one of the clans of vampire called the Nosferatu. They look just like the Nosferatu there in Nutty's background with the long nose and the pointy fangs and the fingers and the, you know, Peter. Do they carry their coffins across broad daylight streets? Absolutely. Well, not in broad daylight because they'd burn, but you know, they, they live in the sewers and they are, they're the monsters. Part of their, part of their curse that they carry with them is that the, vampirism affects them physically and turns them into these horribly disfigured monsters, so they have to hide. Throughout history, they have acted as the world's librarian. In the in the modern world, this means they run a computer database called the NOS Network, and that if you're looking for arcane lore, you have to find a NOS who will let you into the NOS Network, and then you can get access to this information. So it's a bunch of dudes living in basements, working on computers. These are my people. <laughs> this, is, this is the kind of people I can hang with. So yes, yes, if I'm going to hang with anyone, it would be the Nosferatu from uh, Vampire the Masquerade. All right, all right. Jason? Oh, man. Um, I would have to say, if there was a group of vampires that I could be a part of, and this is going to sound so hypocritical, maybe if I put, if I put suntan lotion on, but Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Vampires. And I say this only because there have... So you're going to be 200 years old trying to seduce a 16-year-old. No, 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 no. They have no drama. <laughs> they have no drama. Oh, I didn't say that you're going to be a vampire. I said, who are you going to hang out with? I have If you're not talking about me being I'm a I'm not vampire. talking... I want to talk about the vibe, not your survivability. Oh, the vibe? Yeah, then it's the Morgan. vibe. Then it's then it's definitely all mine. Again, do you realize he said it again? I I tried to stop it, but it's got to be Armand. The theater, the theat, the this, the dramatic nature of Armand. It's gotta be Armand. Like it's gotta be. Like um, if you're gonna say what vampire you're going to be, then it's a Stephanie Meyer Edward Twilight vampire because they have no they have no weaknesses. Sunlight doesn't bother them. We don't see garlic. We don't see crosses. They get superpowers. I mean, they have super speed, super strength. Obviously, that's the one you want to be, except the sparkling. But if you got to live with it, what type, about the smelling like cookies? <laughs> that's fine if it's snickerdoodle. <laughs> I have um, nutty after yeah. after your answer. I have yeah. two questions okay. for Jason to sort of wrap up the thing. Okay, but. so uh, yeah, my answer um, it would have to be. Um, it would have to be the what we do in the shadows, people. But more importantly, I think oh, the Peter. New Zealand one. I think the New Zealand one, the the movie one. It's so good. Only because I am not hanging with anyone in Staten Island. Are you crazy? That is we're, the New Yorkest answer ever. We're, like, we're werewolves, not swear wolves. Although I do love, 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 love the TV show. And I love Guillermo. He's fantastic. And and the fact that if you haven't seen the show, by the way, because we've been talking about Armand, Guillermo is the familiar and he's um of Mexican descent. And he he saw Armand. He saw Antonio Banderas as Armand and wanted to become a vampire like Armand because he did. I'd never seen a Mexican vampire before. That's so. I think it would, I was thinking, I was like, would it be vamps? Would it be the blade crew? No, that's way too violent. Um, you know, vamps are kind of fun and all that, but, uh, I, you know, I don't want to hang out with Bella because I mean, nobody lasts for too long around there. You know, like it, it's not really a vibe for a gang. It's more of a, it's all about him sort of a thing. Um, you know, even there's a couple of like groups in, in Buffy that could be fun. Like, Hanging out with Drew and Darla, but again, it's all about them. You couldn't be friends. Whereas hanging out with the the guys from What We Do in the Shadows, like they would just keep you on, like yeah, okay, that's fine. Just uh, don't don't hang out too late around Peter's door, and you'll be fine. <laughs> oh, Peter, <laughs> I have two questions for Jason as soon as he comes back. <laughs> that's great. I've decided if I could become animated, I could hang out with the Hotel Transylvania crew. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like it. Oh, so, oh, what about Marceline from uh, 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 Adventure Time? Yes. Awesome. Yes. She's punk. Um, also, the, oh, um, I'm going to go way, way back. Yeah. But if I was a vampire, does this mean I could hang out with the Adams family? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. 
I think I could hang out with the Adams family right now. I mean, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good. Totally fine. No, just... So, Jason, I have two questions for you to so sort of wrap all this up in a nice, neat little package. package. One, <laughs> we went through this entire conversation. Why did we never talk about Blade? Easy. It's not a pure brave vampire. <laughs> ah, the Daywalker. Blade, Blade the franchise, I mean. Uh, remember, Deadpool was in that too. He's not a pure bre- he's not a pure bred vampire. And also we're talking about an appreciation. About underworld, and technically she is neither. It's true. By the fifth movie, sure. Um <laughs> she looks better in leather pants. Does she? She does. Does she I mean, though? I'm not saying that either of them look better. I'm just saying it's pretty comparable. I mean I mean, let's be honest. Blades, shoulders, and leather vests, I'm with it. Oh, it's fine. Even Chris Chris it's Chris Christopherson, right? Yep, in, as, uh, in leather vests. Oh, I mean what's oh. his name? Whistler. Whistler, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, um he's not a purebred vampire and he's an antithesis to kind of vampires, right? Like I don't know. He's included in the Vampire Council. Just saying. I mean, yeah. I mean, he is. I mean, I do like Blade, but sadly, Marvel hasn't done a lot with him no. as and, of and, late. And if you think about it, it's like, who are the top black vampires? Blade? You only Blackula, have two. You, and no, Vampire in Brooklyn. I'm sorry. You got three. Blackula, Blade, and Eddie Murphy, and he's—I'm not right. going to call. And that was my—that was my other question for the panel. It's like, why did we make it until now before we started talking about Vampire in Brooklyn? But I will—that movie's I will, awesome. It really is, Tech. You are not wrong. Like, okay, what? I'm sorry. We need to watch. There's a uh, Death by Temptation. It's a vampire movie with. Um, James Bond the third, Samuel L. Jackson, Kadeem Harrison. I mean, I am in. Okay, so Vampire in Brooklyn, by the way, has a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 4.6 out of 10 on IMDb. It is hot trash, but it's I, awesome. They're wrong. They're absolutely Aaliyah. wrong. They're absolutely Aaliyah's a black, wrong. The Queen of the Damned is a black vampire. Yeah? Yeah. They, they, oh, oh, you're right. You can't count her. She is an elder vampire. You can't count her. So there's 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 four. There's a black vampire in uh, Twilight. No, we don't count him. Forget. Nutty. That was a pho. That wasn't. A, he was talking about Vietnamese soup. He meant to say Vietnamese soup. Uh, if you're counting that you can hang out with everybody else in Twilight, that was still a vampire in Twilight. Yeah, you'd have to hang no. out with Laurent. And I would murder him because I revoked his card. All right, we also got Grace Jones from Vamp, which I have not seen, and I love Grace Jones, wait, so I gotta wait, check that oh, out. Wait, 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 So there's a Vamps and a Vamp? Yes. Grace wait. Jones is a vampire? I need to Grace watch. Jones, the... Yes, the, the model, musician, artist. From... from known for being tall, muscular, bald, yes. beautiful. From, yes. From Conan to the Destroyer, yes. Yes. Damn. Yeah. I want to watch that now. Yeah, so Death by Temptation, that is Sam Jackson as a vampire. I am in. Wait, did Little Techie just go, I missed the movie? (laughs) Little Techie missed a couple movies. Uh, Apparently, there's a black vampire in Vampire Diaries. That's one I could do without. I I will tell you. This is, okay. So, I know everybody loves Vampire Diaries. Wasn't the cook a vampire in that one? I think you're confusing the one that was on HBO. With the girl who played Rogue and the guy who was like, suck it. Oh, True Blood? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's it. Because the cook was a a shapeshifter who turned into a dog and his name was Jason. He was her brother. I watched a lot of that show. Okay, wait, the cook cook and Jason and her brother are completely different people. No, no, they're not. They're the same. Her. Her brother, Jason, he's, her brother is Jason, or her half-brother. Yeah. No, it's her brother. Her full brother is Jason. Or and he turns into a dog. He Either doesn't turn way, into a dog. Sam turns into a dog. First off, they're and white And Sam owns the bar. The and the cook, um, Lafayette, I don't know if he ever becomes no, a vampire. But... Was, no, there were two cooks. Lafayette was the black gay cook, and Jason was the other cook. I just want you to know, Nettie, you fell into my trap. Thank you. Because I thought I was the only one who could answer questions about True Blood, but you beat me, and I'm glad for it. Uh, you've, you've activated his trap card. Dude, dude <laughs> I, wa- I read the books. Oh, God! I read the books before the show I'm, came out. I'm so sorry. 
I, that you were neck deep in Sookie Stack. Don't let him lie to you. He religiously watched that show. I do not whoa, think whoa, that whoa, there's whoa, another whoa. Jason. I think there's only one Jason. And here, here's the here's the problems I have with that show. <laughs> one, um, I saw the X Men movie with the actress in it before I saw the show. So anytime I saw her on the screen, I just saw fourteen year old Rogue. Yeah, that, and that's got uninterested in seeing her topless. And the other thing is, I also saw Generation Kill. And you were waiting for a huge jacked man to show up to make you feel bad? No, I, I saw Generation Kill before I saw uh, True Blood. So Eric the Northman, to of me, is a, Eric the Northman is a sergeant in the United States Marine Corps First Recon. And the idea of him doing anything else is just, I don't know. Alex Skarsgård, to me, is a Marine. And that's just, You're not wrong. Know, that's the way my brain works. You're not wrong. You're, you're, you're not wrong. You're correct, sir. Um, so, Jen, what were you holding up for us there? Vamp is on Voodoo for five dollars. Ooh. Wait, wait, with 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 Grace uh, Jones. We got to watch Grace that. Jones. Yes. So yeah. So there's a lot of black vampires we've been ignoring. Now, granted, many of these are secondary characters. Yep. Not main characters. I will say that main characters we're gonna have Grace Jones, Sam Jackson, Eddie Murphy, Blackula, and Blade. Sidekicks need love too. As I'm doing so, I said sidekicks need love too. They do need love. They do need love. No, I will say I'm not saying sidekicks. These are like not every episode characters, you know? Oh, and Aaliyah. So another uh, another name that we have to add to the list if we're looking yeah. for uh, black vampires, yes. we have to put Angela Bassett. Oh, what you from watching? Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Tech, yeah. You are tech deep, oh, bro. Although, All right, I, Tech, did you have a second uh, question? Delightful. That was my two questions. Okay, so before we go, um, I, I do want to do just a couple shout-outs. We did not mention Pee Wee Herman, uh, his vampire death scene. That is epic. But does it count Eey. because he's dying? He's literally yes, dying. Yes, it does. It Paul does. Rubens as the master Paul vampire Rubens. in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. In that entire movie is just in freaking 1986, amazing. 1986 movie? Yes, yes. It is fantastic. And if you haven't seen that death scene, you need to watch that death scene. It is so amazing. Um, and that movie, by the way, has a lot of people in it that you were not expecting. Like, you know, Hillary Swank and... um. David Arquette and a bunch of other people who made careers afterwards. And the um, guy from uh, the guy from Nine Hundred Two and Yes, Luke Perry. But he was hot at the time, so it was Rip. different. Rip Luke Perry. So yes, uh, PBH. But um, also a huge shout out to Vamps that we discovered this year. It's on Amazon Prime. It was made in 2012, but really nobody saw it. It's fantastic if you ever want to see sigourney weaver as a vampire like come on come on yeah, sigourney weaver and Kristen ritter in a roommate in a roommate comedy thing about being valley vampires hmm. god it's funny we're supposed to bite you it's not funny it's delightful it's delightful are there any other shout outs we got to make before we wrap this up um honestly if you like vampire games vampire is pretty fun you're playing so Vampire is a game that I that that Jen asked me about and I looked into. It's you're a doctor who gets turned into a vampire and now is dealing with his Hippocratic oath versus his need to feed. Cool. And I think it's a delightful. That um, fun. It, it's it's actually really good. There is some glitches, but I think one major one. Yeah, one major one, but I think they've expanded. When they expanded to the Switch, they fixed it, so you're good to go. I'm pretty good on, like, almost any vampire anything. There's something about the vampire story that just draws me. For video games, i got to give a big shout-out to the OG, the OG vampire video game, the Castlevania series. <laughs> yes. Start from the Nintendo, work your way up through all the different franchises. You play a... Depending what game you're in, a different member of the Belmont family whose job is to keep killing Dracula every time he comes back to life. Alucard! Or it's Alucard. Dracula backwards. It's Dracula backwards. But uh, they are incredibly hard games. They're incredibly fun games, and they got a pretty kick-butt soundtrack. Uh, you'll enjoy them. Other than that, like I said before, Vampire Bloodlines, probably one of the greatest role-playing games ever made because you can play 
almost everything in the White Wolf. It's even good when it's glitchy. It, it's I, a glitchy game, but it's really good. I gotta, I gotta jump on text here. Um, I've mentioned this a few times on Nutty's podcast, but I am a LARPer. I did live action role play in college. And the live action role play that I did was Vampire the Masquerade. So yeah, Mind's Eye Theater, you, absolutely. So when you mention White Wolf or Vampire the Masquerade, I am a Venturi. I have I am class personified. So when you talk about vampires, I and he's mentioned that I got to join on to it. I I I, I can't. All right, go ahead, Tech. What's your clan? In the he's expa- a Bruja. Come on, no, he's so not a Bruja. In the exp- in the expanded world. Uh, I was a Samite, but, um, my last, my last character, the one that I enjoyed playing the most, uh, I was Toreador. I was an artist. Okay. You know what? I'll take that engineer boy. I'll take that Toreador. Yeah. Yeah. But my, 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 but I was playing Ryu from Street Fighter as a Toreador. My art was martial arts. You, I can't say the word. Because it's many times. <laughs> you said it yep. too many times. I already said it too many times. It's fine. But no, man. Um, honestly, for those folks out there listening, if you do have a live action role play group near you and they do White Wolf, absolutely join. Like the number of werewolves and vampires that might fit your dichotomy or your personality are numerous. And there's even characters that you can adapt to fit you. So you can be one of the people doing it. And I know a lot of things like South Park in particular make fun of live action role play, but it's no different. And from the by the way, this is a game that you can play on tabletop too. You don't have to go yeah, out yeah, yeah, and yeah, take yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, like you can tabletop it like D&D, but I will openly say that LARPing it is freaking adorable. It's great. It's adorable. All right. So, um, that was our thoughts on vampires. Vampires are just like constantly going to be part of our lives and our society. And, uh, you know, tell us what are your favorite vampires? There are tons that we didn't even mention. We didn't go into our favorites. We didn't go into that because we knew that they, we were going to miss things. We were going to ignore them. Yeah. You've already heard, by the way, that Nutty has read the, and Rice books and the Twilight books and the and, True Blood books. So as Jason much as we may have. Hmm? And Jason has read Twilight. He yeah. owns Twilight. And as much as we may make jokes about these things, there is no shame because it is all good. There is no vampire stuff that is bad because even the bad stuff is awesome. Like dead whoa, and whoa, loving whoa, it. Whoa, Come on. Whoa, Leslie whoa, Nielsen whoa, whoa. as a vampire. Whoa. Listen, Leslie Nielsen. You can't hate on any literature because literature is still literature. And everybody has their own choices. Boom. Also, Keanu Reeves in the Dracula reboot. Oh, that was pretty bad. It was, but it's Keanu and honestly. But but Gary Oldman. and, And and Hannibal himself. But and and Winona Ryder. Um, but uh also Star Spetted Cast. Uh, 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 as I was saying, like, even when they're bad, they're good. Like Nick Cage, like Jim Carrey, like Leslie Nielsen. It's fantastic. So it's all good. Let us know what are your favorite vampires and you can just send us those deets. Say, Jen, Jason, can people hear you anywhere? I don't know. They, they, they honestly can at nervesofvoices.com. And I promise I'll have new stuff for you coming soon. I promise, I promise, I promise. Because Jen looks at me every time she looks at a microphone and gives me disappointment. And I can't have that. It's that look right there. I can see it on her face. That's the look. Yeah, exactly. It hurts me every time. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, And I want to make sure that we thank our patrons for this episode and all the second episodes of every month, because you are what brings that second episode. Uh, You know, when I started this podcast, I did one episode a month and because of Patreon, I do too. So thank you, everyone. Um, 
Thanks everyone for all of your support. I know sometimes I may be a little inconsistent, but so far I've been able to get at least two episodes out a month and you have been great in the support that you give. So I want to thank everyone. Um, I'm going to start with the top tier, the big daddies. Uh, so thank you to Jax and Jason and Rich the TT. And then I want to thank the patrons of the arts. Thank you to Andy, Holly Mack, Mark, and, um, Mark Cabot. And then the other Mark is the encaffeinated one. They come right after each other. Melissa, Paul, and Susanna. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you to all the other patrons that keep us going. Keep those server lights on. Keep everything going and streaming. And um, as as uh, I, I may have mentioned on my Twitch stream, um, some of that actually went to uh, some, some equipment. Replacing a new uh, power cord recently for some regular voices so thank you so much to the regular patrons thank you to cliff greg harold hugh ian justine ken kinsey mike patrick the radical geek shane steven will and Zachman. thank you so much all of you you rock my socks Nutty Bites is produced by Nimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-NUTTY42. The Drone Look is mostly a monthly podcast about writing that I love in TV, film and comics. Who am I? And what would this podcast sound like? I'm Andy Luke, and in part, it's audio essays. Passionate empowerment through Always Sunny, implications of using Mutant Enemies Angel and Serenity as models for revolution, fun and friendship redefining the superhero genre in 1987's Justice League series. There's creator input from showrunner Tim Lone on Teachers, where Andrew Lincoln led the cast. Comics creator Bob Hall talking about Marvel's new universe. Transformers author James Roberts talking about character and comedy. And artist Brona Lawson presenting an innovative, open approach to churchgoing. Also, full roundtable discussion. Ian Lawler and I considering gritty crime drama The Shield and the very, very peculiar So Bad, So Good Baywatch X-Files crossover. Talking with specialist Phil Boyce about the UK's legendary Punk Kids comic, Oink! Episodes also present shorter reviews from a variety of contributors offering fresh takes. So look us up on all major platforms. The Drunlook Podcast.